Again, I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are here. And uh, we really want to uh, just honor you today and just show you our great appreciation and respect. And as you leave in just a little bit, there'll be ushers at all the doors with a rose to give all, to all the moms and all the women, because we know this is true, who for some reason don't have any children, but they've got the heart of a mom. And we want to give a rose to you as well, and to all the little girls as well who have the potential one day of becoming a mom. So as you leave, please, uh, all you ladies and young ladies, please take a rose with you and all. So what I want to do, what I've been thinking about is, is moms, you know, heroes in kindness. And kindness really does change this world in which we're living in, genuinely changes this world and you know uh god his love and kindness it changes us and we see oftentimes love and kindness flows through moms to their children and to other people's children and all and and, and we're wise enough to know that everybody didn't have the the most perfect mom or you may not have had a mom at all but we encourage those of you who are moms and got the heart of a mom and those who will be a mom maybe someday. And we just want to uh, greatly uh, encourage you and celebrate uh, what God has deposited within you. In uh, the uh, um, study time that I had this past week, I came across a little statement that's really interesting. It says, one act of kindness teaches more about God and his love than a thousand sermons. Now, since I do sermons, you know, and things like that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking second place to those who, you know, demonstrate kindness on a regular basis, love and kindness. And I'm not talking about random acts of kindness. Y'all seen those on billboards before about random acts of kindness? That's not what I'm talking about because, I mean, it sounded cool on a billboard, or on a bumper sticker to do random acts of kindness. But I looked up the word random. And let me just give you the definition. Random means occurring without definite aim, purpose, reason, without adherence to a priority, a prior uh, arrangement. Random means a haphazard, odd, unpredictable way by mere chance. So the kind of kindness I'm talking about is not random. I'm talking about strategic, you know, strategic kindness. It has purpose and all behind it because it is natural to be unkind, isn't it? How many of you have ever been unkind? Just raise your hand. See those who don't raise your hand? You're being unkind to me right now. It's just natural. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, exactly. You know, but so... To be unkind is natural. To be kind is supernatural. It genuinely is. It's supernatural. And heroic kindness, which I see displayed in moms and grandmoms and those who have the heart of moms, it is not random. The, the kindness we see in moms, it is strategic. It's a purpose and a plan that God has deposited there. It's part of his divine design if you would. And the kindness that I see in moms, it is predictable. You know, there has logic and reason. 
It's not haphazard. It's not just a, a mere chance. So I'd like to uh, look at John chapter 3 and starting in verse 14 here this morning. And it says here in John three fourteen, it says, In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe. Now, you understand what happened? Moses was in the desert leading a couple million people out of the bondages of uh, slavery. And as he was out there, the people started complaining. And because of their complaints, snakes came out from underneath the rocks and started biting people. And they were very deadly. And people who were bitten by the snake, they would die in, in short order. And Moses cried out to God and said, what can I do? And God told Moses, have someone who was in, skilled in this art to, to make a snake out of brass and to put it on a tall pole and put it up in the middle of the camp for a couple million people. If they got snake bit, all they had to do is to look to the brass serpent on the pole and the venom would lose its power. Now, do you know that they still use that symbol today? In the medical profession, you look at a hospital or a doctor's card, and you'll see there's a, a little brass snake wrapped around a little pole there, and that's where it came from. But the scripture says, here in, uh, let me see, where was I at? Anyhow, it says uh, verse uh, 14, in the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man, it's talking about Jesus, to be lifted up on a cross. And men and women who've been bitten by sin, and sin separates us from God, but when we look to Christ, who was lifted up on a cross, we look to him and we believe what he did forgave us, the sin loses its effect upon us. That's how we get to go to heaven, you see. And he goes on to say in verse 15, and everyone who looks up to him, Jesus, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. You're going to be destroyed. We're familiar with uh, John three sixteen, right? Especially in the King James Bible. That's the way most of us know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth him would not perish. That means be destroyed, separated from God, that all eternity, but they would not perish or be destroyed, but have everlasting life. So let me read it to you in this translation. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. And then it goes on to say, by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Anyone, by believing in him, can have a whole and a lasting life. God, verse 17 says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. No, he had a strategy to show us his love and his forgiveness, his mercy. God is not there condemning us. God is not in heaven with the big old sick ready to pop you on the noggin if you step out of line. But he sent his son 
There was a strategy behind God's kindness. It wasn't random. It was planned out to make provisions for our sin, to forgive us. And if we look to Christ the same way those people looked at that serpent on the pole, the venom lost its power. When we look to Christ, sin loses its power over us. He goes on to say here in John 3, verse 19. Let me see. Uh, no, John 3, verse... What verse was we at there? 18. No, 17. Well, I'll just start all over again. No, it says, verse 17, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He wanted us to know how much he loved him. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. That means cleared. That means set free, released. That means found, not guilty. Acquitted, you see. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refused to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. The Bible tells us what we've all sinned and fallen short, and the wages of sin is, uh, is death. So he says it right here. <clears throat> Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. See, the only thing that can keep us out of heaven, the only thing that can keep us from being forgiven is failure to believe that God did what it took to demonstrate his love and his forgiveness, his kindness to us, that Jesus Christ died in our place. He was our whipping boy. He took our punishment. And if we fail to believe that and that he rose from the dead, then the death sentence is upon us. And we can be eternally separated from God. But he said, whoever believes in him, who believes in this great kindness of God, will not perish, not be destroyed, but will have everlasting life. That's what he tells us here. Verse 19 goes on to say, this is the crisis we're in. God Light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the, for the darkness. See, they didn't want the light. They wanted the dark ways. So he says, this is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. But any man any woman, boy or girl, who looks to Christ and says, I am sorry for the mistakes I've made for my sin. God is not the God of a second chance. We used it up a long time ago. He's the God of another chance. And he loves us and he cares for us. And it's his great kindness that we see demonstrated in the lives of mothers so often. They get it from him, you see. It tells us here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. See, this is not random. It says, let's think, let's consider this. Let's think of ways. There's a strategy there to motivate. And the King James Bible says to provoke one another to love and good works. But let's think, have a strategy of this love and kindness here to motivate others to acts of love 
and good works. See, kindness is, is love and work clothes. It really is. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Malicious behavior is hateful, you know, spiteful, mean, nasty, cruel, you know, wicked behavior. And he says, get rid of all that because if that kind of behavior is in you, kindness will not be there. And if you've got loving kindness in your heart, all these other kind of behaviors will, will be pushed out. The same way when light comes in, darkness flees, you see. So he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. And verse 32 says, and it says, instead, be kind. The word be, the word be there, it means be there, be present is what he's talking about. Be alive, be, be real, be that hero, you know. Be kind, be kind to each other tenderhearted. I'm going to say it again. Isn't it so natural to be unkind? You don't have to plan it. Children learn how to be unkind. What's the first word children learn how to say? No! They learn how to be unkind right off the bat. It's natural. It's supernatural to be kind, to demonstrate the kindness of Almighty God. But he says instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, kindness is loving people more than they deserve. You think about that for a moment. When you brought your child home from the hospital, honestly, now I'm not saying you didn't love it and all this, but I'm saying, has your child genuinely earned kindness? It comes home spitting and pooping and making a mess everywhere. Has it really, does it deserve it? No. You're just being kind and loving. Is that right? Now, when they're a teenager, they shouldn't be doing the same thing they used to do when they was a, an infant. Okay. But still we demonstrate kindness, do we not? We do. And it says in 2 Timothy 1.9, it is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did not. He did this not because we deserved it, because we don't deserve it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. His plan was to show great love and kindness to us, to forgive us, to show mercy and grace to us, and to forgive us and care for us. That was part of God's plan before you were created what he tells us here that was because that was his plan long before the world began and his plan was to show his love and kindness to us through Christ Jesus and mamas you show the love and the kindness that comes from God you show it to this world and I want to tell you something you are a world changer you genuinely change the world with your love and your kindness. Now, I've seen that in my grandmom. My grandmom, she really nudged us all closer to Christ. And then I've seen that love and that kindness demonstrated so powerfully in my own mother. She's 85 years old, and she's still that way. 
she's always been one of the kindest people I've ever known, you know. And I see that in my wife, Susan. She is kind and loving, even to me, not just to the kids, but even to me. <laughs> and I can be a tough guy to, to, to live with, you know. But I see that, and it's the character traits of Almighty God as we see that love and that kindness being demonstrated in the, the lives of moms and, and grandmoms and those who just have the heart of a mom. Then we see here in, in the uh, book of Galatians, it says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our life, and you think about this, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to control you or like some unholy kind of a thing control you? But it says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience. What's that next one? Kindness. Did you know that kindness is the fruit of the Holy Spirit controlling your life? It's supernatural, you see. You can't muster it up in your own human strength. It's supernatural. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, I myself have gained so much joy. You know what the Bible tells us? The joy of the Lord that's our strength. And he says, I've gained much joy. And when you gain much joy, you gain much strength. If the devil can steal your joy and you're just an old sourpuss all the time, you really don't have much strength because you forfeit your strength when you forfeit your joy. But he says, I myself have gained much joy and comfort from the love, uh, from your love, my brother, because your kindness has so often, and this is not random, but on purpose, your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. And mama so often, they refresh the hearts of people. Have you had someone demonstrate kindness to you and it, it really encouraged you? And it might have just been a smile. It might have been an opening the door or saying, hey, you look really good today. You know, help you with your bag of groceries. 10,000 other things someone could have done, just a little tiny act of kindness. And it's like, wow, it made your day. And that's what the Bible is saying. Your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Now I want to show you a little video clip of a woman, much like most of you moms here today, are an inspiration, and you refresh and help and inspire other people. family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep. A lot of fun. Genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise.
Hey, honey, have you seen my butane torch? Now, I'm sure that is exactly the way all the moms are here, you know. But you do make a difference, and you do change the world. You genuinely change the world. My mom, you know, she's got a preacher as one of her kids, a police officer as another, a missionary as another. And then in my family, there's another pastor, you know, one of my sons, Judah, over at Thrive. And, and, and my brother... He's got a son that's a, a policeman and a Marine. I have a Marine in my family. And, and, and you see that you're changing generation after generation after generation. You're changing the world by your love and your kindness to your kids. Don't mean we're perfect, but we display God's love. We demonstrate it, his love and his kindness. In Proverbs eleven seventeen, it says, Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. Now, I like the idea of nourishing my soul, of strengthening my soul, strengthening your soul. It says, when you're kind, you nourish your own soul. It says, but you destroy yourself when you're cruel. When you're unkind, it destroys you. When we reap the things that we sow, and a lot of times we didn't know these principles, you see. But he says, you nourish your own soul when you're kind. But you destroy yourself when you're unkind, when you're cruel. Proverbs 16:23 says, "For a wise mind, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body." Now I'm going to tell you something. When you're kind and you let that kindness leak out through your actions and your words, that is healthier for you than any vitamins you could take. It's healthier for you than any membership at a gym you could take. You're going, really? You mean I can quit the gym if I just start being kind? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's good for you. It's healthy for your soul, but you kind of dry up with unkindness. That's what he tells us. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. So I think we ought to do something that's healthy for ourselves, don't you? Proverbs chapter 3. Let me just read through. I'll, I'll start with verse 1. It says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart, for they will give you a long and satisfying life. Verse 3. Never let loyalty and kindness... Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you because they're valuable. Do you have anything valuable with you right now that, that you don't want to get away from you? How many of you got your car keys with you? As a matter of fact, where are mine? <laughs> I hope I left them in there on the desk. But you don't want your car keys to get away from you. You don't want to lose them, do you? You don't want to lose your wallet or your purse, do you? There's a lot of things that are valuable. You don't want those things to get away from us. And it says here in the Bible, never let loyalty, you be loyal to one another, and kindness, never let those things get away from you. Wear them like a necklace. Write them deep within your heart because it's healthy for you. You change the world in which you live 
when you demonstrate kindness. Don't let it get away from you, because if it gets away from you, then you're left with unkindness. And you don't want to be left with that. I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there be any kindness that I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. Truth of it is, we always think, I've got tomorrow. You know, and tomorrow is just an extension of today. No, let me tell you, yesterday, whatever you did or didn't do yesterday, it's done for. It's over with. We'll never get that day back. So let us choose to be kind to someone today. Kind to everyone who comes across our path today, because We'll not ever have this day again. We think we have an unending supply of days, but they're numbered, the Bible tells us. And that day is gone. You know, at the end of this day, we'll never get this Mother's Day back again. Oh, maybe we'll have tomorrow if we're able to wake up tomorrow. But we need to start displaying and demonstrating kindness. We need to do it now. We need to do it today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Since God chose you, to be the holy people whom he loves. You, what's that word? Must. This is not like an option, like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. He says you must clothe yourselves. Now, how many of you, can I ask you an honest question? How many of you dressed yourselves this morning? <laughs> what about the rest of you guys? Your wife do it? Huh? But, but that's our job, is it not to dress ourselves? Now, you know, have you, guys, help me out here for a moment. Have you ever been at home and you got your good clothes on, your clean clothes on, and then all of a sudden you get into a project and you get them greasy or dirty or paint on them? Anybody ever do that? Get your hands up, please. I've done that quite often. I got more old work clothes than I got clean clothes. I really do. And I keep making more work clothes all the time. I forget, you know. So truth of it is, Susan usually will pick me up a new shirt every, every once in a while, a pair of blue jeans. But I won't be honest with you. I dress myself. <laughs> I put the combinations together. And I can't help it if my black T-shirt hangs out from underneath the sleeves of this shirt. But see... I'm already married. I'm not looking for a wife. I got one, got the best. So, you know, people think, ah, oh, he, he dresses funny. I'm thinking, I might set a trend. People might start having the Pastor Ron look or something, you know what I'm saying? But just so you know, I do dress myself, and in the fall of the year, I have a lot of camo that I wear, you know. But I do it myself. You understand that? Okay, it comes at a certain age where you got to, and it says here, you must clothe yourselves. And this is not random. It's just like, oh, you know, just haphazard. Now, some people may, but for the most part, we put a lot of thought into getting clothes and washing our clothes. You know, I need to get something else. This don't smell so good. But it's not just random. And we actually get dressed for the most part on purpose. And it says you must clothe, you must clothe yourselves and then showing you it's not random, 
He, he shows us exactly what to put on and exactly what to wear. He says, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. You must clothe yourselves with, what's that word? Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. But if, if you're going to be kind today, it's because you put it on. Nobody else can put it on for you. If you choose to operate in the supernatural today, and it is supernatural when you, hey, you pull out first. Instead of doing like this when somebody pulls out in front of you. And some people I've seen point fingers at people. That's not kind. And you might find out that person may have got some use. A loved one might have been in a hospital or something, and and they're trying to get there, right? We don't know. So when you and I choose to put on kindness, it's healthy for us. It really is. The Bible tells us so. And then verse 13 is powerful. Colossians 3.13, it says, you, what's that second word again? You must make allowance for each other's faults. Make an allowance. Do you know anybody that has any faults? Don't, don't look around at him right now. <laughs> but he says, because he's challenging us to be kind. The way a mama is kind, after she's told her kid to do something like 25 times, and he ain't got it yet, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, has he not? So you must forgive others. And then in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, This same good news, talking about God's great kindness, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere, all over the world. The good news is changing lives everywhere, all over the world, just as it changed yours, your, your, your life. That very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's great kindness towards sinners. God's word is changing the world. Genuinely is. The kind kind news that I'm not here to condemn you, I'm here to forgive you. I'm not here to judge you and point my finger of criticism towards you, but I am here... To show kindness and love. And Christ has paid for your sins to give you another chance. And that's what he wants us here today to understand. And those who are watching online and those moms who are downstairs in our cafe in our overflow room down there. God loves you. And he is kind to us. And it, it changes us. And he says, here it says, just as it changed yours, your life, that very first day you heard and understood the truth about God's great kindness to sinners. Not God's great kindness to perfect people, but to people who have faults, who've made mistakes. And see, I see that kindness demonstrated surely in the life of my wife, who is a mom, and in so many of your lives, you mothers who have a, a mother's heart. I see that. That love and that kindness that came from God demonstrated in you. We have one more verse I want to look at this morning. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. And it says, so we praise God for the wonderful kindness 
He has poured out on us because we belong to his dearly loved son, Jesus. He is so rich in kindness. God is. And so many of you moms are rich in kindness as well. He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. The good news of God's loving kindness has changed the world. And I'm telling you, moms, you've been changing the world. You have been changing the world. You've been transforming people a little heartbeat at a time. And what I want us to do before we, we close here, and uh, I'm going to show you a little one-minute video clip of what our vacation Bible adventure is going to be like before you leave. But I want to, I want you to hear a song. And this is for you moms. This is what you're doing. You're changing the world. So let's listen to this together.
changing the world moms more than you ever have known the devil whispers those little thoughts of failure or you could have or you should have you know but I'm telling you based upon what God's word tells us when we've displayed a little bit of kindness God's character it flows through us and we're changing the world no matter how old your kids are or if you have any or not, when you allow the kindness of God to flow out from you to somebody else, you're changing the world, genuinely changing the world. And what I'd like us to do, I'd like to pray for the moms who are here in this building, you know, who are downstairs in our overflow, upstairs in the balcony, those who are watching online, I'd like to pray for all the moms. Can we do that? So could all the moms just stand up for just a moment? And if you don't feel too uncomfortable at home standing up in your living room while you're watching, we just want to honor you as well. And all the rest of us, would you join your faith with me as we pray a blessing upon these moms? Father, we thank you for these mothers, those who have chosen to give birth or at least accepted it when it caught them by surprise. We ask you to bless them. Father, we ask that you would encourage them and give them the confidence and the assurance that even in their failure, they have changed the world in which they have lived because you've been working through their lives. Bless them, Father, and comfort them and encourage them. Help them to see and to absolutely believe today their, their lives have made a difference. Father, bless them in their body, soul, and their spirit. And whatever they have need of, meet their needs beyond what they could ever ask or think. Bless them, almighty God. May they sense your love and your kindness flow to them to revive them and to refresh them and to give them hope. Lord, bless these heroic women. Lord, as they have demonstrated your love and your kindness to us all. We commit them to you and say your will be done in them and continue to be done through them. And all of God's children agree with that. Says amen and amen. You may be seated again. Just got a, just a, another moment or two before we're going to release you and all. But uh, what I want to do, maybe you're here today and you believe in the existence of God, but maybe you've never really received belief and received Christ into your life. You, you could have been very religious and did the best you knew how to do, 
but you didn't necessarily understand God's great kindness just to forgive you and give you another chance and have a relationship with him. So what we're going to do right now, those of you who know Christ, we're going to reaffirm our faith in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And if you're here today and you say, well, I'd like to do that too. I want to ask Jesus to come into my life. I welcome him. Well, then I want you to join us as we pray right now as well. We're going to pray out loud. So I want us to bow our heads and join me in the simple prayer. Would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I do believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son, Jesus. I believe he paid for my sins. When he gave his life on that cross, he was my whipping boy. He took the punishment that I should have had. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I am sorry for my sinful ways. And I receive your forgiveness and your love and kindness. Help me, Almighty God, to demonstrate your kindness in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, what we're going to do, everybody is invited downstairs. We have cake and coffee, for reception for all of you guys, for the babies and their families are dedicated, for all you moms, any and everybody who's here. There's cake and coffee for everybody. And you moms, when you go, you, you ladies have got the heart of a mom, you little girls who have the potential of being a mom, we want you all to take a rose with you on the way out and finally we come to the uh the weekly challenge and if you agree with this weekly challenge just check it off drop it in the tithe box and it just simply says i will strive this week to demonstrate kindness in all areas of my life and with all the people that god brings across my path and you know some of the people he's going to bring across your path and it's going to be supernatural to be kind to them. You know that. But if you're ready for the challenge, all you got to do is do it for one week, okay? Just one week. You might enjoy it so much you want to do it for a second week. Maybe another. Maybe it becomes part of your life. But I want to challenge you. It's a weekly challenge. That's what it's called. If you say, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to take the challenge, check it off there and drop it in the tithe box. And if before you leave, if you need prayer, I'm going to tell you one thing that we have discovered, that God answers prayer. He genuinely answers prayer. So there'll be some folks around the altar up here. If you say, I just need somebody to pray for me before I go. I got some things going on. I just need God to help intervene. So the altar area will be open. If you want to come, grab somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me? And then those of you who prayed and you welcomed Jesus as your Savior a while ago for the first time, if you go to the Connections desk, they got a little gift bag. It's got a Bible in there. Some other little things I believe would inspire your faith. Stop back there and, and say, I'd like that bag Pastor Ron was talking about. And if you're a guest for the first time here today, say, I'm a guest. We got a beautiful gift for all of you who are guests today. And uh, it's just our way of saying thank you for coming. And we sure hope you come back.
So please take advantage of that. And would you greet one another on your way out? Don't forget the coffee and the cakes downstairs. God bless you. You are dismissed. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, wait a minute. You can't move. Stop. I forgot something. Give me 60 seconds. Our vacation Bible adventure unwrapped. Can we hit the play button? 60 seconds. That's all I need. It's actually probably about 80 seconds. We are now seeing widespread power outages and strong, strong gusts of wind. Can we hit pause on that? 150 miles an hour moving it, but this is just the beginning of... widespread power outages and strong, strong gusts of wind in excess of 150 miles an hour, moving it, but this is just the beginning of this massive storm. The governor has issued a mandatory evacuation, so if you haven't already, please, please make plans to escape the path of this storm. Several tornadoes have been reported touching down, and the rain continues to fall in most of the area. Our vacation Bible adventure, the most kids we ever had for a week of VBA was about 800 kids. Now, imagine this coming year, it takes about 250 adults and teenagers, not counting the 800 kids who came that time, but we're going to be teaching them how to be fearless in the storms of life. Have you ever been through a storm? And we can learn through God's Word. Faith helps us. Whether it's the, the storm, the, the fear of darkness, or the fear your family's going to split up, or the fear of public speaking, or the fear of 10,000 other things, what we will do this coming uh, July for one week in our Vacation Bible School, which is, we call it Vacation Bible Adventure, we'll teach the kids how to overcome, you know, and how to be victorious through the storms of life. So please be praying for them, and consider, we could use all of you, to help us pull this off and impacting these kids to become fearless. God bless you. You are dismissed. Don't forget the cake. And your rose.